2: in that case, I pronounce you lucky.
1: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: In America, it's estimated that 4% of people in prison are actually innocent.
0: When I saw them for the very first time, like I knew who my jury was going to be doing trial. To be honest, I knew I lost then.
2: In 2002, the state of Georgia found Carey guilty for his alleged involvement in a vicious rape. Only a small percentage of those people had their convictions overturned.
0: You know, as one great justice said uh, many years ago, we don't find our witnesses from church pews.
2: What series of events led to Carey's wrongful conviction? Could this happen to anyone? What finally convinced the courts to overturn his conviction? From Zapier in partnership with the georgia innocence project this is the four percent listen anywhere you get your podcasts or visit zapier.com forward slash resources forward slash podcasts to learn more
1: welcome back to the gallagher shots youtube channel my name is matthew and thank you for being here for another episode of beyond the lines it's the show where we an opposition supporters view when it comes to previewing Newcastle's next game and on Sunday at two o'clock it's the Matthew Dubucci derby it's the Sol Campbell super Sunday spectacular as Newcastle take on Arsenal at St James's Park and now today I am joined by not one but two massive Arsenal fans first and foremost it's the brilliant it's the beautiful it's Corbin ladies and gentlemen how are you doing sir
0: I am loving life how are you doing
1: i'm not too bad i'm not too bad maybe not much love in life but close i'm liking life it's good we're here okay. it's all great but uh last but not least it's just as brilliant and just as beautiful it's max ladies and gentlemen how are you are? Right?
2: yeah i'm good thanks mate you caught me a day before trim day which is the only problem that
1: mate, I, looked, I looked a bit crazy i've only just had mine it doesn't look fresh but whatever <laughs> it is what it is it's the times <laughs> we're living in but um we're here to talk about the new arsenal game but gentlemen before we get on to that before we get on to Sunday before we get on to Arsenal season so far I just want to bring to your attention this is the first time that we've had two supporters on this podcast and the last time Newcastle played Arsenal we conceded three goals now two times three equals six and six Premier League teams tried to join the European Super League and one of them was Arsenal That's Illuminati confirmed Tedious, <laughs> tedious link to my first question confirmed. I'll come to you first, Max. Just touching on this, mate. First Arsenal final sport for in a long time. What were your feelings going forward, hearing first the news that this could be happening and then hearing Arsenal or one particular person, Arsenal's owner, uh, his intentions to join this ESL?
2: Oh, God, where to begin? Um, I think I think I might have spoke to Coburn um, when it all came through. on On the Sunday it was, wasn't it? Yeah. um and then it was just all getting leaked It was almost like like the covid announcements wasn't it you hear it from from media first off and you and it was like a few bits in the group chats were going around and I just I thought oh, this, this can't be happening like it just can't be happening like how can you change that what you know what has been domestic football for for so long and then uh yeah just that <laughs> that that tone deaf message which, Got chucked, uh, got chucked onto to Arsenal's Twitter. Um, probably about half twelve, I think it was Sunday, Sunday night, Monday morning. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, there's just the world world <laughs> fell apart after that. Just, it was so tone deaf when it? it was like I think all of the top six club had done the same statement with Joel Glazer being quoted in it along with Florentino Perez, and you just thought like, like this can't be happening. I, to be fair, like. I, as as ridiculous as it was i just could not see it i could not see it happening it was just yeah. too. there was too much upheaval to it and it was almost like even though it was the, t- the top six against everybody else i feel like fans of everybody were unanimous in how they thought about it and yeah. it, it was never really going to work
1: i mean corbin were you were you were you as confident as max in in the fact that he didn't think it was going to go ahead and were you just as you know have that feeling of disgrace as all of us did i mean i know my club wasn't involved but having a club involved what what did that feel like
0: yeah well i mean my first reaction actually was just incredulity like i just didn't think it would happen and then you hear more news coming down the pipeline so you hear that all of the leaders of the clubs have left the eca um you hear that you know all of these meetings have been going on for a while you hear that they've secured a five billion pound loan and all of this means that this has been in the pipeline for months Right. Yeah. It's not an announcement that's just been cooked up uh, no. randomly the day or the week or you know the fortnight before it's come out. So it has been in the work for a while. And my next thought is, you know, this is a massive power grab because mm-hmm. you have all of this talk about the American model. You know, you have kind of American football and basketball. They operate in this model where it's a closed league. There's not promotion. There's not relegation. There's not sufficient competition. And ultimately, your royalty once you own one of these clubs is guaranteed revenues every single year. Um, and it made me think a lot of the time first and foremost, and cynically as an Arsenal fan, now that, and I didn't believe it was going to happen, now that it's not going to happen, is this going to be the end of Kroenke at Arsenal? You know, was this his whole end game in the first place? And now that it hasn't gone through, are we going to be optimistic about potentially Kroenke just washing his hands of the whole affair and, you know, just cutting his losses and leaving? So I was kind of optimistic in that sense. But of course, just like every other fan of every team, you know, in my experience, even the ones who were in the Super League, I thought it was a disgrace um i think the players thought it was a disgrace i think the staff thought it was a disgrace and you know i think they knew that because they didn't speak to their players they didn't speak to their staff and they didn't speak to their fans so i i think you know this line that you're trotting out about how you had to go into it because it'd be better if it you were in it rather than not in it yeah. it's just not good enough i don't think anyone yeah. believes that and i think any punishment that's dished out is justified you know
1: yeah, Even I mean, if it means
0: taking them out of the Champions League for next year, or you know, however punitive it is, points deductions, anything.
1: Well, Corbyn, you've read my mind there because my next question was going to be, you know, thankfully it's gone. It's for now, um, and who's to say that this new Champions League format? Yeah, i'm talking about things that newcastle aren't involved in which is crazy but you know the champions league um this new format that's sort of a veiled super league take over whatever
0: happens maybe you will be
1: maybe fingers <laughs> crossed but the less said about that the better i think i've talked about far too much but um you know you've just mentioned the word punishments there and mm. you know we've talked in your head like sir graham Sumner saying you know we can't do points deductions you can't do pull them out of competitions because that punishes the fans now i get that i do understand it's through the the greed and the gluttony of these these owners, but it's through the greed and gluttony of owners that clubs go into administration and the football team is punished. Mm-hmm. So do you think that it's it, it, it's it's a gonna happen but be worthy of, of something like a point deduction or a banner from a from a competition? I'll come to you first, Max. Um. Well,
2: I mean, it all just seems to have passed came and gone so quickly. Yeah. Um, but yeah like i i do think like the clubs are well within their I, I do think it's well within their rights to you know the other premier league clubs to to want those sanctions of of the big six mm-hmm. um you know the the fact that the, you know these zoom calls or whatever that everyone likes to be talking about it could have been going along for as Coben says like the best part of a year like this has been going on in the background for some time and then for them to just all kind of Say oh, no, no, thanks. No more of the Premier League for us, thanks. And just want to leave. It's mm-hmm. it's not acceptable. So, yeah, I get that it is punishing the fans, but you can completely understand the feeling of 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 the, of you know wanting wanting the the top six to suffer for on the hands it's of the, you, the players. You look, at, yeah, players yeah, weren't
0: yeah. consulted on it, and they're getting punished. You know, if it's, I'm yeah. if I'm the you know the captain of a club. I've given my all for the badge every single week, week in, week out, you know, someone like Henderson, you know, someone who everyone can see how much he loves his club, how much he leaves yeah. it all in the field. And he was a leader of the speaking out for the fans and for the that's players true. against it. So if you, did, if you dock him 20 points, you know, how is that really teaching FSG yeah. yeah, that.
1: well, a lesson? That's, that's the reason why I
0: think um, oh, no. it, it's quite interesting when you talk about it at the legislative level like, you know, when you talk about Boris Johnson, the government getting involved and then talking about trying to change the ownership models or trying to dilute the ownership that some of these owners have over the club and giving fans some representation. I think that's the best way to go about it. The problem is we already signed the deal with the devil when we let all of these people invest billions of pounds. Right. Yeah, you're right. If I, if right. I invest one point five billion pounds into Chelsea over the last five years, like Roman Abramovich and then you turn around and tell me I have to divest myself of 20 percent of my share. Well. You know, how is that yeah. fair how is that justified you took the money when i was going to build the, the big stadium in chelsea and spend tens and hundreds of millions of pounds redeveloping the stadium in the surrounding area you were willing to take the money right now it didn't come to pass and you know he ended up losing his passport and all of that but we're willing to take it when they're giving the money then when we don't like something we're also kind of you know we're willing to be into and say oh you don't understand football you know you don't get what we're about you don't care about the fans and so I kind of feel like we have to draw a line at this point and say yeah. we're not willing to just, you know, take it from all of these people with the billions of pounds. We we do have standards as an organization, as a football, you know, as a, as, as a kind of set of fans, as an organization of the Premier League, um, but also the individual clubs. We're not going to just say, OK, if you have enough money, you can do whatever you want. You know, yeah. we need to draw a red lines and say we're protecting the culture of football. We're protecting the fans. We're protecting the clubs and we're protecting you know what it is that we define as the premier league and that's the reason why i think the legislative level is good because yeah. if we just say that you know for example the 50 plus one rule in germany mm-hmm. um you know that's at the legislative level and it means that no club in germany was ever going to come out and back the super league because so they have to answer to their fans. Yeah. yeah
1: exactly i don't
0: feel like we've got any real leg to stand on telling someone like cronkey or telling fsg that they shouldn't do this apart from just saying well you know as football fans you're taking the pitch. But from a business level, you know, as soon as we let them put their money in, we kind of have to accept that they're going to do that. Yeah,
1: it's certainly a monster. It's certainly a monster the Premier League created. I I totally agree. And they've given them the... Uh, sort of the, the rope that they've got, the, they've given themselves rope to hang themselves with the Premier League to a certain degree, mm-hmm. and and I totally get that. And just let's hope, like you say, it gets the line drawn under it. And this was, I mean, for me, the, I mean, I, I was only three, four years old at the time, but to a lot of people, the Premier League itself was the, the line in the sand that they didn't want. They, that was it, football was dead to them, but now I think now this was a real step too far so hopefully like you say a legislative yeah. level that it could it could um could kick on but we talked about drawing lines we'll draw a line under it now we'll draw a line right. under it now we have to talk about within call football uh unfortunately for my from my point of view but you oh, know no. right. um i mean that being said uh i'll, I'll ask you this Corbin first arsenal yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um just that arsenal um what have you made of this season so far
0: <laughs> diabolical. absolutely diabolical from start to finish um i think there have been essentially no green shoots no positivity um and no reason to trust the process i think we have been playing much better in build-up um i think we have seen some strong performances from young players like Bukayo Saka or Smith-Rowe i think we have seen some very positive performances from players that we didn't necessarily expect them from like Gabrielle you know, Cedric was better than we expected him to and has actually put in some decent performances in an Arsenal shirt, even though he has still overwhelming, bit overall been an underwhelming signing. Um, but I just think uh, it, it's just been a diabolical season, you know, there's there's no positives ready to take from it and I think we really just have to draw a line under the sand, help we get into the Europa League and if we don't you know, look at the organisation and something has to change.
1: Um, I mean, Max, would, would you agree with that? Do you see any more positives? Or are you just to sort of... You know, not negative,
2: but you know. Me and Coben talk after every single game. <laughs> we're always just moaning for each other. Coburn, I can just I can just press play. It's like with with Coben, i press play and it'll just go on for about 10 minutes we'll just moan about the same things all the time. <laughs> it's been a it's been a dreadful season. Like it's been like we said last season, um, when we we're talking about you know Mikel Arteta and Arsenal, and you know, last season we said, you know, finishing 10th, that is like absolutely unacceptable and can't happen again and we've had a worse season really it's been it's been so bad like the football we've played like yeah there has been some standout performances but just so inconsistent a lot of the time um and just just far so far off where we need to be and you know we we look at like the champions league and stuff that's been on midweek, and we're just so far. We, we think we're nearly there, and we're just so so far away. We're not like one or two players. We're like six or eight players away. Do you know what I mean? We're yeah. we, we, we're so far away from where a lot of people still think we are. Um, and I feel like a lot of the fans' expectations has just has lowered a lot. Um, mm-hmm. And. You know, even even when it comes to watching the football that we do, like we're blaming you know, we have been we have been a bit shafted by VAR this season, but I feel like we're almost using VAR and like all these external circumstances you know Arteta was brilliant with talking about the Super League and things like that Arteta has been brilliant throughout Covid and his 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 communication with the press has been incredible he's he's such a good communicator where Unai Emery wasn't but on the pitch we've been we've been we've been really poor and it's as bad an Arsenal side as as I can ever remember well, I also I mean, think it's in, no no sorry no,
1: not, not Corbin please please go please go
2: I was going to say, I also think it's important to note that,
0: like, as an Arsenal fan, this is literally the worst time it's ever been for me in my entire life as an Arsenal fan. You know, I'm getting an appreciation for what it's like to have your season over in January and to be completely (laughs) adrift in mid-table. I'm getting appreciation for what it's like to be banned of other clubs. Because generally speaking, you know, under Arsene Wenger, we've got a consistency of performance, right? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. It may not be at the top of the table towards the end of his career, but it was always there or thereabouts and even then you get you're getting into January you might finish fourth by the end of the season but you know you may have been third or second before that and dropped off you may have been much lower than that and finished really strongly but there was always something to play for there was always some reason why you're going into the rest of the season caring about what happened caring about results caring about performances Mm. now you know three nil victories I come away from it still feeling relatively apathetic because I don't think we're going to see that again or again or again it's not going to build up into a run so
1: yeah, I mean, I, I did have a little smile on my face, and I'm not, I'm not poking the cage or anything. But i <laughs> to hear, to hear an Arsenal fan say, "I now appreciate what it's like to have your season over in January," <laughs> <laughs> it's just like that's that's still spoiled for me, you know. Because for, for Newcastle nowadays, it's like we get to January and we're still looking over our shoulders at the bottom <laughs> three. So you know, it, I, I appreciate because it it's you know, oh how the mighty have fallen and all that, and it's sort of you know, it's it's. I wouldn't say careful what you wish for the whole Wenger thing, but I mean he was going to move on anyway, right? He was, he wasn't, you know, he he, has, he hasn't had a job since yeah. then. I, I don't really want to talk about Arsene Wenger too much, but he was. Everyone thought thought well, when he you're playing a risky game, taking away his consistency, and and it mm. seems to have you know that warrants have bore well, fruit.
2: Well, we, we, me and Cope speak about it all the time. Like the summer that Arsene Wenger left was like was the most important summer transfer wise that we've that we've had. And then when we invest, you know, huge money into the likes of Granit Xhaka, Shadra Mustafi, and like the returns that they've given to the club, both well, you know, obviously Mustafi leaving for nothing and like Disaster performance after disaster performance. It's just never really picked up from there. Like from from you know Wenger leaving, we had a real platform to to push on and and invest right, and we just we just didn't do that. And it's really really evident now, and we're we're still we're still suffering from a lot of that.
1: And um, without going over you know ground we've already walked over. Um yeah, well. And I want I'm not trying to twist the knife or anything, but like Corbin Arteta. <laughs> our, our <laughs> so at the time i thought it was a great great appointment i still feel and this is probably like someone talking about new from the outside to me so please cut me off if i'm talking shite but like to me i feel i can see what he's trying to do but yeah. it's just so it's it's the, the the patience perhaps isn't there anymore um do you still think he's the man to take you forward or are you are you done with the Arteta project now well, I, I,
0: think, I think the Arsenal jobs is a very specific kind of job, right? So if you're at the bottom of the league, you hire Big Sam. He's very good at that. But if you're at the top of the league, you hire him and he's probably going to be a disaster. If you're at the top of the league, you hire Guardiola. If you're at the bottom of the league and he's trying to get, you know, Grant Holt uh, to play a false nine, it's not going to work, right? So you, you have to hire the right man for the right job. And I think Arteta coming into his first job as someone who, by all accounts, is a great man-manager, has been... Hauled out as someone who was great at taking top players and increasing their ability and finding little inconsistencies in their game and making them consistent. I think Arteta is the man for that job. I think if we were an eight out of 10 team and needed to be made out into 10 out of 10, I think Arteta would be the good guy. I think Mm -hmm. if Guardiola left and Arteta took over from Guardiola, he could get very strong and very consistent performances out of those players because there's already a structure there you can play with. The problem that I have with Arteta, and I think the issue that I have with Arteta, is that He's not able to get the best out of a specific set of players that we have. And mm-hmm. I feel like, like you say, as, even as an external fan who doesn't watch every single game, every time you watch the team, they've got an identity. You can see what they're trying to do. You can see what the build up is. You can see the shapes and the triangles. You can see them trying to attack the half space on the outside. You can see us you know, with more centrality now towards the end of the season when we've been a bit better. It does look quite good. Um, but the issue is, you know, we have a squad where you've got people like Pepe, you've got people like Aubameyang, you've got people like Martinelli, and to an extent people like Saka, who are very direct runners, you know, who are very, very set up for a specific kind of game that I don't think Arteta is playing. I think this positional, rotational play game just doesn't have the players in his squad, and I don't think he's maximising the talent of the players that he does have. So, even though I think the system does make sense, I can see what he's trying to do, the consistency of execution and consistency of delivery is just not there because the players don't have the capabilities to consistently actually execute that gameplay. And so, you're always going to end up with a great analysis from the outside saying, That was a great plan. I can see what you're trying to do. These moments it worked. But because of the inconsistency of the players, you're not going to actually get the best kind of performance. So you need to kind of have a bit more of the Arsene Wenger about you and go, OK, well, we're just better than these lads. Just go out there and batter them. You yeah. know what I mean? I'm not going to give you too much to talk about. I'm not going to give you too much to think about. I'm not going to give you too many different roles. Just go Strong out there. Player. You're better yeah. than them. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if you've got a St. Max man, sometimes you're going to have you know 15 minutes. You've been under the cost. You're just going to tell him, look at that fullback. He's cooked. Run at him you know just go out there and just hurt him I don't care how you do it I'm not going to tell you to go inside or outside I'm not going to tell you to drop off or go beyond I'm going to go you're better than him and he's tired just go out there and batter him hurt him and we'll score and I don't think Arteta's got enough of that devil you know enough of that you know go out there and just smash guys go out there and you know show that emotion play with the handbrake off as Arsene Wenger Mm -hmm. used to say um, and sometimes, you know, when you do have a top team with top players, you do just have to go out there and batter someone and just accept that it's not going to look pretty. You're going to go out there and concede goals. But you've got a Bamiang, you've got Pepe, you've got Martinelli, you've got Saki, you've got so many options. So, you know, that's yeah. kind of my analysis. So, You're just not maximising the team that we have.
2: He's a great talker, um,
1: isn't he yeah. <laughs> well not everything you said there was so eloquently put i just got lost in your vocabulary but That's it was what i actually, do That's
2: when i speak very very
1: great i know exactly what you mean because it's sort of you've just epitomized everything i think about arsenal in like a, a, a two minutes because yeah. you are right in terms of them having an identity and they have got the quality of player to but uh teams like fulham not to bring yeah. that game up but you know i was watching that with a vested interest being a new supporter cool and you're thinking what's going on here like how haven't they brought them down yet yeah, there was chances you didn't take them and i know exactly what you're talking about just with that game as an isolated example yeah it's perfect example um corbin just just said uh max earlier there was no green shoots there's no you know he's, he's disastrous season and all that um two things it's a two-part question this and it's quite varied really
0: Go the
1: youth coming through at arsenal it's always been a thing like it's always been you know you've always brought through decent players But Kaiu Saka Saka, is an absolutely fantastic player.
0: Yeah, outside
1: looking, I think he's great. Emil Smith Rowe looks like he's got something. How far can them two take? I know Saka is probably a level above, but where do you see those two going? Do you think they're going to be there for a long time to come? Um, I think
2: with regards to Saka, it's he will be with us as long as we match his ambitions, and I do really think he can play. I do think he could go and play for like a Bayern in like a few years.
1: Yeah. It's a good carries
2: on I do think he really is top class. Like it, there's been so many times we've been called upon this season and he's just been, he's been excellent. He, and you know, he's he's only getting better. You forget how young he is as well. What is he? Is he, is he 19 or is he 20?
1: 19, I think. Is he, is he 19? I think, I think he's 19. 20, I, I think I was shocked that he was in his teens still. I yeah. might
2: and he's just, and like you just you, you forget you forget how young he is and you know if he's going to be I say like in twenty when he's twenty two and he's still putting in these performances and we're still if we're still sitting roundabout where we are I think it would make sense for him to move on I wouldn't hold it against him you know he, he could he could easily go and like fill like a Alfonso Davies role if he's still putting in like adding ten percent to his performances each season like he is yeah. now. Um with regards to emil smith rowe we and Coben spoke about this one it's a bit of a tricky one um with with what happened to him um he he was kind of thrust into the team when we realized that we didn't really have many other options
1: but he went on loan to huddersfield didn't he he, went loan to huddersfield last yeah. year. he did
2: really well he had a, he had a bit of a long injury uh, before that um which kind of kept him out of the team and his physicality has always been an issue Like you have like a Phil Foden that's come through at Man City, was really able to like bide his time and and play like one or two games here and there and Mm -hmm. and really have the experience. We've just had to like. I worry with Mo Smith because we really just flog him a lot of the time. Like he's he's going to be playing like forty games a season next season. So I I, I do hope his development can can pick up as well. Um, but from, from a lot of what I see of him, you know that that Slavia Prague game a couple of weeks ago, he was absolutely electric. Like in in, in that ten roll So I do I do think I, I do think the ceiling is is high for him. Um, but yeah, you just have you just have to think uh, where where he could go. Really, um, I think I think he would be a good it'd be a good player for us.
1: He looks a good player. I mean, I, I mean, I remember him coming on and changing the game when he when he when he got sent off in the FA Cup against Newcastle, but um, and they ended up winning the game. But obviously that wasn't. Oh, yeah, but uh, oh, you know,
2: that's one he, time, he, that's one time like, the has done us a favor.
1: Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Um, talking about <laughs> Arsenal youth, the last thing I'll say about Arsenal youth and. Um, it's it's about a man who has my heart at the moment, uh, it's Mr <laughs> Joe Willock. Um, oh, I was surprised when we signed him because I knew he played like, Europa League games for you. I know he wasn't getting his game and he was going to be struggle to get into the starting eleven. hence I'm coming on loan. And he's not playing every game, he's coming off the bench and scoring very important goals. Um, but just give us and our supporters a sort of insight of how you see him. Do you? See, it's a stupid question because you just can't have him back, uh, I don't think it's fair. <laughs> If he's taken <laughs> back um but would you have him back would you want him to start breaking the side or if the right price came along would you let him go i'll, I'll ask you that corbin sorry mate uh well
0: I, I think i think it's a little bit of both i think joe willock is something that we definitely need in our squad um but i also think that um, if the right price came in we could definitely go again because we have loads and loads of holes in our squad. Right. So it's just a case of prioritizing and in case of, you know, our overall squad building goals for the summer. Um, I think Joe Willett as a player, you know, you'd be surprised to learn. He played, you know, basically 40 games for us last season in dribs and drabs across different sub appearances of different competitions. So he's an important player. You know, he was coming on on the right wing. He was coming on in the central midfield. He played ten. We even played him up front a couple of times because he's got the physicality. He's got the willingness to run. Um, you know there's a kind of rough part of his game and probably the reason why he's not playing all the games for you is you know his consistency of passing his consistency of passing selection isn't great but he's always willing to learn he's always willing to play the defensive effort he's always willing to run and beyond yeah. so he's been compared to Aaron Ramsey a lot you know he's been compared to a kind of young Aaron Ramsey who hasn't quite got his shooting boots on yet but he seems to be picking up those goals at Newcastle right oh man he's kind of- such important goals aaron ramsey kind of again had that kind of game that a lot of the kind of purists who you know loved your fabric and loved your silky smooth midfielders didn't like aaron ramsey's game because it was a bit bombastic it was a bit if it works it works if it doesn't it doesn't it's a bit scrappy but in broken play he was you know he was dynamite and just like that joe willock again in broken plays dynamite when the ball falls you know when people are out of shape when people are out of position he's there right that's his main that's his main virtue and so I think we need that in this Arsenal team but I also don't think Arteta is going to want a low touch midfielder like Willock I think he averages maybe you know 25 30 passes a game he's had games for an Arsenal where you know in 90 90 minutes he's playing central midfield he's got less than 30 passes I don't think Arteta is ever going to kind of tolerate that kind of low pass turnover in a game even if you are getting on the end of chances and getting on the end of headers and yeah. putting in balls from broken play um so i think you know if he can start playing full 90s for newcastle um if he can start you know doing kind of some of the stuff that you lot asked john joe to do um um while also What's that? continuing broken... of, well i mean that, that's one question that i came on here wanting to ask you right yeah please because do please I, do i, I literally Cannot tolerate watching John Joe Shelby for ninety minutes because he jumps off the screen as just uh, just not good enough. And I I used to love John Joe, right? I used to love him because you know he can ping a ball, and I always thought he was one of those underappreciated players. He's kind of a bit of a cult player, right? You know, you could see the technical quality if you actually watched him um but you know you just felt like he wasn't getting the opportunities now when i watch him he jumps off the screen it's like the way that um people used to talk about tanga and dombe at the beginning of the season i can't believe he's letting people walk past him i can't believe he's showing no desire his feet aren't moving at all what's going on you you zoom in on his face he doesn't even look bothered i don't understand what's going on and how he actually gets
1: into the team well it's 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 you've basically yeah again epitomized everything that Newcastle fans are feeling <laughs> most anyway because it's 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 a strange one and I won't go on a bit of a rant, but I'm not good at football. I'm not good at football. I've played three or five Sunday league games and my best friends will tell you I couldn't hit a cow's ass with a shovel. Uh but don't know why they put me up front. But I was surrounded by some football players who would watch my team from the outside, watch Newcastle play from the outside in the pub or whatever. And they'd be like, John Joe Shelby one of the best passers of a ball in the Premier League. I'm like, used to be, maybe. Mm. Probably not. But, you know, to put this sort of weird hipster view on John Joe Shelby as he's the only footballer at New Asshole. And I used to just tell them they were wrong. Just you, yeah. you're wrong. You, you're wrong. Because yeah. I watch <laughs> him every week and I know what he can do. I know what his ability is with his right foot and diagonals. And sometimes that still is of use in our team. Mm-hmm. However, when you're fighting at the bottom of the league, he will tell you that he does all the running, that his stats show that he does a lot of running. And I'm not saying it's abysmal, but it still seems so lackadaisical, lethargic. And the way sort of... It, at Liverpool, we played Liverpool at Anfield the other week and, um, you know, big results. But he played a 40-yard volley on the spin without looking to his goalkeeper and put him in heaps of trouble under Sadio, under Sadio Mane's pressure, pressure and you're thinking what in god's name were you thinking There, (laughs) you're playing for newcastle united dubravka's a good keeper probably shouldn't let the ball bounce but don't play that ball man and i think he just saunters around thinking he's better than he is and that's the problem i think he's got this arrogant streak about him i think he thinks he's better than he is he could have a massive effect behind the scenes i'm not sure but steve bruce seems to like him i mean i'm not saying that gives you much credence but you know in his opinions but it's a strange one but for me like you've just said with John Joe Shelby in our team, the if midfield is so easily bypassed, but he is one of the only options these days. Um and I guess it's purely before his passing that he's in the in the yeah. team, but he just doesn't seem to do it as well as some people think he can. So yeah, there's my answer to that question.
2: Um, I'll just ask a question as well. What's yeah. your thoughts on Steve Bruce's uh good good well, Steve and Newcastle's good form of late? Do you put it down to do you give Steve Bruce any credit for that? I know there's been a lot of I'm speaking to um, Bodhi as well i know there's a lot of um yeah a, a lot of bad energy towards steve
1: <laughs> bad, have to calm just calm have
2: to mention it to body yeah. and he will explode so
1: yeah i mean look um yes i'm not a fan of steve bruce um i'm sure he's a great person like i get told <laughs> off everyone on the television i'm sure he is but um as a football manager i don't know how he's got a job in the premier league again but the last four games um do i want to give him some credit not really um but i guess he's in charge of the the players so you have to give him some semblance but i have my tinfoil hat theory i've said it on videos in the past that that brighton game when we went to the amex in a huge game and the players just did not show up they didn't give a shit. again i'm not saying that's good on the players but i felt like they thought if we get smashed here he's gone get someone else in Nice one. We'll kick on. And when they realized that Steve Bruce didn't get sacked, I think they thought, shit, he's unsackable this season. Like, so we <laughs> we best roll the socks up. We best do something. And you know, Matt Richie's came back into the team. That's his decision Steve Bruce has taken. So you have to give him credit for that. But Matt Ritchie seems to have galvanized the team, being the manager on the pitch. I'm not putting it all down to Matt Ritchie. <laughs> and I feel like we've had slices of luck. The Liverpool game essentially, you know, as much as we had that get that goal um ruled out we should have been five or six nil down but we didn't we fought we've we've equalized brilliant i just hope we can keep cracking on but again what worries me is this little run of form you know mr ashley's probably seen it and going well he's doing a cracking job like (laughs) next season next season um we'll just give him that and you know jobs (laughs) are good and it's just new assholes just to no, you Manning. don't
0: need any more transfers look how
1: well you playing. yeah 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 <laughs> you, you, you want joe willock will it take it in sports direct mugs uh, dora much... shin pads yeah, how, yeah, much, how much
2: but, would you pay for joe willock well obviously... i've had
1: 20 million being mooted
2: to me no one's yeah. worth
1: 20 million hardly ever because we paid 15 million for alan shearer in yeah, 1996. <laughs> but you know the world's different when your joe lintons are going for 40 million jesus christ um oh, um well, yeah. i think 20 per- 20 Would million, I mean, it's worth
2: it, I guess. 30, Would you pay or... 30? No. no. I feel like we, we Arsenal particularly, and you look at Liverpool and like Rian Brewster and how he went for 20 million, despite despite never playing a game mm-hmm. for that. Like, I always think back to the Brad Smith and Jordan Ibe, both of them. I think Jordan Ibe, uh, sorry, uh, yeah, Brad Smith, Jordan Ibe and Dominic Solanke, didn't they? all of yeah. them went big money like mm. 15 20 million all of them I mean, so like he's only
1: just started scoring now and then the championship
2: yeah literally so mm. i'm always when 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 i'm looking at joe willock and as cobin says i think he played 44 games for us last year yeah. like i'm 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 and when now he's scoring goals i'm thinking oh surely that's an extra two million on his price tag or whatever well, like go but but we'll have to see
1: we'll have to new see fans and our supporters as well i always remember the season when rafael he had pennies to spend in a january where it looked like we might be going back down from coming straight back up um and he gets martin de in for next to nothing and he gets kennedy in on loan from chelsea and kennedy galvanized that team it was good wasn't it? he was amazing i remember a brace scored against southampton he was absolutely fantastic he goes back to chelsea the mutant 30 million pounds to sign him we're thinking pate just get him back in we we'll get him we we'll get him on loan for the next season and i think we signed his brother because literally he <laughs> was, was it was literally flip side the coin he was shocking and it's just it, 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 that's how football goes. Sometimes you can get. I mean, we could sign Willock next season, and he could be terrible. I'm not saying he will be. I'm just saying that's the chance you take. Sometimes, sometimes a player has that hunger about them, goes out on loan, really wants to impress, and then, I mean, we, we did get Kennedy on loan again, but you know, he, we could sign him, and he could just be like just saunter around. I don't think that's what the lads about. But anyway, it's, I digress.
2: But, um, sorry, right. mate. That's so what I was saying It's interesting how he's just got yeah. so many goals from the bench.
1: It's because like, he... he does the thing that yeah. I just said about Chelvy trying yeah. to do things that Shelby does. Well, he does one thing Shelby doesn't do and that's get in the box break from yeah. midfield sit on the edge of the box cut back his first goal was a St. maximum cut back yeah. and he smacked it in the bottom corner in Southampton. And every other time he's been he gets in the box gets at the back post. And that's what one thing we've yeah. never had a midfielder do. And that's that's really
2: <laughs> well, that's, we need goals from midfield as well. Hmm.
1: So. Well, you're not gonna get them from Joe willing. <laughs> uh, um, anyway, <laughs> we've got a game on sunday we've got a game on sunday and um before we before we go to that game on sunday i do ask this question we'll keep it brief um i know probably what the answers are going to be but um uh, do you have any specific memories about this game at st james's park you two um anything that sticks in your head i've got a smile on my face already uh
2: being a certain 4-0 up (laughs) Um, and it's such a fun memory for for Newcastle fans and it's amazing just makes me die really but um yeah I just I I remember as well Joey Barton being such a knobhead in that game and
1: Joey Barton being a knobhead what you're on about (laughs) like
2: remember him like him like scoring a pen and then Chesney trying to jump on it to try and save a couple of minutes and then it
1: was actually Kevin Nolan Nolan Nolan
2: shoving him to the deck and I just Mm. thought it's not going to be our day when that's happening so
1: he should have been sent off for that for what, for what drb got sent off for which was grabbing joey barton by the scruff of the neck and throwing him on the floor kevin nolan walks over to shesney and gets him in a headlock and throws him on the floor to get the ball like a kid in a yeah. playground and i just thought <laughs> Shit. um you'll also see in that game that um joey barton takes one of the worst penalties you've ever seen in your life tries to be clever on his second penalty takes a one-step run up puts it straight down the middle and shesney kicks it into the roof of the net but yeah. you know who am i to say joy barton's arrogant because uh, a lot of
2: people um, like that man. But yeah, but yeah, good memory for you boys. That um, what, what what a goal it was as well. And yeah, God rest oh, his soul. God rest his soul indeed. Yeah. Cor-
1: Corbin, do you have any other memories of any of the games at St James's Park?
0: Uh, my enduring memory is Burgham.
1: Uh, what that fluke? <laughs> 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 well, that bit, that bit where he went to control it and missed kicked it. Oh uh, yeah,
2: yeah, was, yeah, yeah. goal. And, uh, Goal of the season. Um, no no, no yeah. blasphemy me on this pod, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, goal of the
0: season. I mean, needs no real further description because everyone knows the goal that we're talking about. Um, and, you know, it's such an enduring memory for me because, number one, it's one of the first goals that I really remember sticking out to me as a completely unique individual piece of skill that I'd never really seen before.
1: Yeah, he was like a ballerina um, on ice one. He was like a figure skater.
0: And then also because of the sheer volume of attempts that I made to do that on an actual football team. <laughs> uh, sometimes successfully, but very rarely as successfully. Um, and well you know, yeah, even the ones that were successful, I imagine didn't look as pretty from the sidelines. Yeah, so.
1: exactly. But uh, I mean, I have, I have one other one as well, and it's not a positive one. I'll always remember around about 2004, we got beat one nil just after Christmas and Patrick Vieira scored a a very tasty goal. He, he smacked one from about 25 yards and the, sort of the side netting. I'll always remember that goal. But uh, yeah, the, the long living memories, that 4-4. I mean, we we did come back from behind under Rafa Benitez as well in a really important time in our season. Went 1-0 down and uh, it was Lacazette and uh, we ended up winning 2-1. That was a big, big game for us. But um, we move on to Sunday, unfortunately. And uh, we'll briefly just have a little preview of this. You've been mentioning all all gay, all, all this, this podcast, sorry, you've been saying about how you know Arsenal need to back the teams. Arsenal need to know they're better than some teams. I've watched Arsenal this season thinking they've got they're nothing to be scared of. As much as they've got good players, they're nothing to be scared of. And that's probably symptomatic of what Corbyn said about the way they're playing football. So it's happened a few times where I've thought, Arsenal are coming to town today, we'll beat them. We'll beat them. We're going to Arsenal. We, we, we can give them a go. Never happens, and we sort of roll over the Emirates this season, being the symptomatic of that three 0 Just, just sort of, just rolled over in the second half. How do you guys see this going? I mean, are you confident? I mean, I know when you're in a good run of form, but he's got a pretty good record, recent record against us. What do you think? Uh, I'll go with you, Max.
2: Um, I know. It's, I I genuinely I, I have not. I, I know I'm even doing this podcast, but I genuinely have not even like. I'm not really asked about it. (laughs) (laughs) We're so like the season's so done for us. So like I I just within the Premier League this season, like we've hit so many lows. Like me and Coben have spoke about like the teams that have done the double over us, the likes of Burnley, etc.
1: We did we did the double over Burnley.
2: Well, yeah, (laughs) we no, we got a point against Burnley. Sorry, Burnley beat us at home for the first time since 1970, whatever. <laughs> um, no, like ahead of ahead of this game, um, I, I do fa- I do fancy us in the sense that we've beat you a couple of times in the league. Um, we we've got an all-right record there, I think. Um, but but I don't. I, I'm I'm just not confident with us in the Premier League. Like, yeah. I, I'm, I, and I don't, I, there's just no momentum going into this game because everything's just on the Europa League at the moment. Like, every, you know, tonight, I'd say, this will be, this will be out when we might have won yeah. or lost tonight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. um, but everything's on, everything's on the Europa League. So, I, there's going to be a lot of rotation going into that game. You, you could have all sorts playing anywhere. You could could have Xhaka at left back. And asm could tear him a new one so i'm i'm really not sure um i will go with one all
1: you've got you've got players coming back though i mean um like you've just said at the time recording and i appreciate the time he's given us because you know you've got a game coming in an hour or so a big game in the semi-final of the europa league um <laughs> <laughs> but I'll tell you what, Corbin, again, sir, your intuition is absolutely impeccable. Because I was about to ask you what you think the score was going to be, but I also was going to put a little side side note on that and go, if you've won the Europa League, would you would you would you see it as a successful season?
2: <laughs> no,
0: no, I mean, no. I w- just briefly on the on the kind of Arsenal Newcastle game. Uh yeah. like, you know, despite how terrible we are, I just assume that we're gonna win. Um and the reason why is just because you know, we, we talked about the four four earlier and around yeah. about that time, Newcastle actually did well. Like after that game, I think the next two games you got draws off us, you know, the kind of confidence from the four four gave you that,
1: that season we'd beat you one 0 at the Emirates as well. First time we'd won away at Arsenal in a long time, uh at Andy Carroll. So it was yeah, it was we did all so, right. Um,
0: it was it was a good period. But then since after that, we then beat you ten times in a row. Um, all right. lost lost once and then have won the next six times so generally speaking our form has vacillated we've been on good form bad form beginning of the season end of the season it hasn't really made a difference we normally still get a result this is what people. i was
1: saying like um, every time he's looked bad you, you ask to come to town or you come and you ask and you get a result
0: so it's just one of those but like you know like max was alluding to you know this is a completely unprecedented season i mean the burnley have done the double over us we've put in some of the worst performances we've put in i think in the premier league era we haven't, haven't had as many goalless games ever as we have this season so i mean the, our main problem is we might have top players in the attack but um a lot of our games end with expected goals of like 1.1 to 0.8 you know no, don't get me
1: out on fucking expected goals <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> but like i say that to say you know we don't create a commensurate amount of chances for the amount of attacking talent we have on the pitch yeah so you know we we'll we'll create three or four chances in a game lacazette will miss two chances and people will say he's a bad player but it's it's a striker only getting two chances in a game yeah um and it's the expected goals as much as you might not think it's a good metric for considering games it's only because we're
1: shit at it corbin that's the only reason i don't <laughs> like it it's only because i say 0. 0.0 sometimes yeah, I
2: think
0: so. no but it's just like it's a good metric of shot quality right you know yeah. if 100 if 100 players took this shot you know how many of them would have scored and mm-hmm. oftentimes you know lacazette's getting lambasted for you know a cumulative 0. 0.1 expected goals which means it would have taken a thousand shots for this to be a certainty
1: mm-hmm.
0: um you know so it, it i think coming into the game i'm confident because of the record um but i'm also perfectly aware that a lot of those games arteta wasn't manager we weren't playing this style we weren't in a season where we're going to have our worst points total ever where a who's carried us last season isn't on form may not even play because he's injured lacazette who's been our best striker is coming off an injury himself arteta doesn't seem to know how to be able to use his more direct options like Pepe and like Martinelli. And so we might end up with a completely dysfunctional attacking plan. And like Max says, get hit on the break by an ASM. Granit Xhaka gives away a penalty. You know, oh, anything could happen. Leno just drops the ball into his own net again.
2: You know, oh, anything
0: could happen. You know?
2: very probable. With
0: Arsenal, David Luiz could come back in, red card sending off get straight back into team Love the Europa league afterwards
1: you Love know anything
0: this. could happen so yeah. I- i'd say as a newcastle fan i'd be confident coming into it and as an arsenal fan i'd be confident coming into it so hopefully that means it's going to be a good game but it's probably going to be nil nil
1: but you're, go- you're-, you're going nil nil are you
2: yeah i'm going nil so, s- nil so so you're safe now aren't you pretty much
1: don't say that to me please um <laughs> I am probably one of the most pessimistic Newcastle supporters out there. I appreciate we're in a very strong position. There's a lot of teams in it right now. We've got a lot of we've got three hard fixtures coming up. We've got um, Arsenal, Leicester, and Manchester City. Now, if I think if we can pick up one point out of them, possibly, Um, it's all to do with again. I hate it watching other teams play football and hoping they get beat. You know, it's 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 awful. But I'll just be watching West Brom and Fulham games with a vested interest till the end of the season, uh, and hope that you know. We can pick up one point and hopefully by the end of the the, the season when we're playing Fulham away, it, nothing counts for that game. Because if it does, I don't think my heart could take it. I think I'll end up in the hospital. Um, but um, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Hopefully, yes, we are safe. Fingers crossed, touch wood and all that stuff. But we'll, we'll see. I'd like to still get a point off you guys. I would like to think I could go with Max, say maybe one-one, maybe maybe two-two, something similar to what we saw against Spurs, where maybe we take the lead, throw it away, but then we don't have Mister Willock to come off the bench and, and if, score the goals. So, if there,
2: if there was ever a if there was ever a year to give you a point, it'd be this year.
1: Yeah. yeah well <laughs> yeah well you beat us 2-0 and 3-0 already this season including the cup. so i'm not 100 confident but if maybe you have some square pegs and round holes and alan st Maximin can you know get up and not get kicked to the ground and stay down all the time and really have a good goal then you never know start callum wilson you know he he having that center forward like a center forward like callum wilson who actually plays like a center forward is it's so important um he's a great player as well he's a great he's player, player. He's just he yeah, I mean, I I wince every time he sprints because of his hamstrings. They're apparently made of Greg's pasties. I don't know. It just it scares me a little bit. But we'll, we'll, we'll see. Um, but 1-1 one, one max, mil, mil. Uh, nil nil, Uh you, mate. And, and I'm going to go 1-1 one, one again. I'm going to go 1-1. One, one. Go <laughs> so so, so, I, so I, I think we're all... I, we're not, let's go 2-2. Two, two. I think it's going to be a good game. So we're going in this end order, 1-1. One, one, if Bruce
0: two. gets two points out of the next three games, stays up, does he deserve a new five-year deal and a pay rise? Eight years. No. If you got rid of Bruce, have you got someone in the picture for who
1: you'd like next? Corbin, you can be Newcastle manager and do better. <laughs> you <laughs> can do better. The team it's talks, enough, you it? would give me. <laughs> no, honestly, um, I mean, I could talk to them blue in the face about the ineptitude of Steve Bruce. Um, again, nice guy. But um, I, just, I, I, just, I, just, I just feel that, you know, he is so far beyond the times. He's in the same school of thoughts of, your Sam Allardyces and, and your, mm-hmm. your Alan Pardew's and and all that because I just I just feel like they won't grow with the times they they don't care about you know tactics and all that stuff but they, I mean the list is so long about Steve Bruce and he came into this club, um, not as anyone's first choice but you could sort of see the nice guy mantra coming through. Ever since he mentioned Rafa Benitez in a press conference, the mighty Rafa, who have got just as many points as the mighty Rafa. He's just been on a losing streak since then. He said <laughs> some stupid shit. He said some really stupid stuff. The excuses, the talking over reporters when they try to get a good answer out of him about our poor form. He's just not carried himself very well. Um, at the end of the day, like... He, 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 it was good to see him all, all the players hugging him at the end of the Liverpool game because we've got a point i'm happy about that but <laughs>
2: he look delighted by that i think mm. i think his, his good lady had confirmed the sunday dinner
1: yes yeah. <laughs> yeah the apple, the apple crumble that will crumble for dessert bacon sandwiches in the morning <laughs> yeah you know. no. we've got, our, our group chat name is how's the bacon
2: it's classic.
1: classic tells you a lot about his tenure when that's probably the biggest <laughs> sort of you know if you ever has a statue made which you won't you should have like just be steve bruce How, Should be honest his headstone I'm not, I'm not wishing the guy dead by the way i'm just saying you know how's the bacon did you say Steve bruce. <laughs> yeah. yeah but um lads it's been absolute pleasure i meant to keep you for only 20 25 minutes we've talked forever it's been an absolute pleasure i hope the predictions are right i hope we get a point um maybe a bit more fingers crossed you never yeah. know but um lads best of luck in the Europa League tonight people watching probably you know the result already I would say best to look at the weekend but I would be completely lying here but <laughs> Max thank you very much mate
2: thank you very much mate. enjoyed it enjoyed it it was good
1: yeah Corbin, thank you very much take care of yourself thanks Thanks, thank you. To so everyone watching, thank you for watching another Beyond the Lines. If you haven't subscribed to Gallagher Shots YouTube channel already, what are you doing? Subscribe, <laughs> become a member, you get more stuff. It's, it's, it's great. Also like the video, share the video as well, and leave a comment down below <laughs> as well. Cool. Cheers, Max. Cheers, everyone. Take care. Sports Social Podcast Network.